the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Yes, indeed it is. The Bob France Authority, good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we begin at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Thursday, the 11th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2019. It might be the last morning of freedom for WikiLeaks publisher Julian Assange. I know you've been listening to Hugh this morning talking about it. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Julian Assange finally arrested after seven years of holding up in London in the Ecuadorian embassy. Finally, they gave him up and he was arrested. Uh, Ecuadorian diplomatic officials invited British police into the embassy, which is, of course, Ecuadorian soil, as it, uh, as it were, uh, in, according to our international agreements. And they said, come on in and come and get him. He had been living in the, in the Ecuadorian assembly in London, under diplomatic asylum since 2012, and he was granted citizenship by Ecuador two years ago in 2017. Uh, journalist Barnaby Nurburka has been broadcasting live from the embassy since tensions escalated between WikiLeaks and the government of Ecuador, of uh, Lenin Moreno last week, and uh, they captured the arrest on camera, and it's quite... Interesting. It's quite, um, uh, I don't know, I'm looking for a better word to describe it, but it's it, it's kind of exciting. It's kind of dramatic. They're dragging him out. If you have not yet seen it, find it online. I'm sure I don't have to tweet it to you. I mean, I will. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Facebook at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, but uh, just do a little search and you'll find it. But he is being essentially dragged out of the embassy. He's barking and yelling and saying something as he's being taken out, almost as if it's in you know protest. You can't do this to me type of uh, uh, type of language. So Assange is being carried out, and now, according to authorities, he is going to be facing the inside of a courtroom very, very soon. They don't have a whole lot of 
patience or tolerance for dragging this thing out. Uh, WikiLeaks, <clears throat> excuse me, last week WikiLeaks said sources within the government of Ecuador told them that Assange was due to be expelled from the embassy within hours to days. An allegation the Ecuadorians were quick to deny. It seems now, though, that those reports were obviously accurate. WikiLeaks has maintained that Assange is likely to be extradited to the U.S. if he's expelled from the embassy, which is his worst nightmare, and was mocked as paranoid by some in the mainstream media for repeated claims that sealed charges exist in the U.S. against the journalist. And by the way, I'm going to pause there because we're going to explore that word, journalist. Is Julian Assange, who has published, by way of WikiLeaks, a lot of very sensitive stuff, some of which may have compromised American national security. Is he a journalist? Is he any different than a Washington Post reporter? Any different than, a, than an NBC reporter? If they gain valuable information through whatever sources they have, whistleblowers and the like, don't we consider them to be journalists? The Washington Post blew the lid off of uh, you know, this government story or that government story. We call them journalists. Julian Assange is called an information terrorist. Julian Assange is, is called a criminal. Is he? And I'm not suggesting by the tone of my voice that he's not. But I think there's a conversation to be had there, and I'm going to ask you uh, to answer that question. How many prominent reporters in the mainstream media do you think would sit on information provided them by a whistleblower like, I don't know, Bradley Manning? How many of them would sit on information provided them by uh, sources who knew that CNN was helping to fix the debate against Bernie Sanders and in favor of Hillary Clinton? All of that stuff came to light because of WikiLeaks. Now, unfortunately, a lot of other stuff came to light because of WikiLeaks that could have indeed, including some of what Manning uh, uh, dug up and and leaked, uh, could have been very damaging to national security. Who is Julian Assange? Is he a rogue hero who actually provided information that the government was trying to secret from the American people to their detriment? Or is he an absolute terrorist, an information technological terrorist who provided information and, and went public with information that did not was not to the uh, to the um, was not in the to the benefit of the American people, but was detrimental instead. Is he a hero or is he a uh, is he some sort of a terrorist? In June of last year. Mike Pence, vice president, pressured the Ecuadorian government on the status of Assange following demands from Senate Democrats that he do so. The New York Times reported as recently as December that Ecuador had been offered debt relief by the U.S. in exchange for handing him over. So clearly uh, he is coming to the United States, as I said a few minutes ago. If he does so, it will be uh, his worst nightmare. Um, while he was alive, conservative, well, <laughs> While he was alive, Senator John McCain claimed that leaks provided to WikiLeaks by Bradley Manning, which included diplomatic cables, caused U.S. foreign sources to be harmed, which, of course, would indicate this guy's going to prison for a long time if we get our hands on him. However, it was, in fact, an error on the part of a Guardian journalist, not WikiLeaks, that led to the full unredacted cables being leaked 
to third parties on the web that WikiLeaks published them as well. And not before Assange attempted to warn the office of Hillary Clinton, uh, then U.S. Secretary of State, about the unintended leak of the cables. A U.N. special uh, reporter recently urged um, Ecuador not to expel the WikiLeaks publisher, Assange, warning that the risk of extradition without the due, without due process safeguards would lead to a risk of human rights violations. Quote, extradition without due process safeguards, including an individual risk assessment and adequate protection measures, uh, adequate protection measures violates international law, particularly if the de- destination state practices the death penalty and has not disclosed the criminal charges against the person concerned, warned the rapporteur. Um, the update to that is the Ecuadorian president, Rafael Correa, who originally granted him the asylum seven years ago, has condemned his predecessor, Lenin Moreno, as a traitor for the expulsion. Oh, how about that? Okay, so the former Ecuadorian pr- president... Uh, is the one who granted him the asylum, and the current president, of course, Lenin Moreno, is being accused of being a traitor for the expulsion of him from the Ecuadorian embassy in London. So this is just a this is all breaking news this morning. So we're kind of breaking protocol here, or breaking our our, our form. Uh, I had other things I wanted to get into today, and I will. But um, this is breaking news this morning, and I feel like it deserves a little bit of our attention. How do you view the likes of Julian Assange? There are people on the left who just despise him. And there are people on the left who think he's some sort of a journalistic hero. There are people on the right who absolutely want him locked up. And also people on the right who say he did some pretty good things. It's a very, very bizarre person. A very bizarre personality. What he did in some circles could be deemed excellent journalism. What are journalists? Journalists are paid to do what? Get scoops. What are scoops? Scoops are news stories and inside information cultivated through sources that provide the information that they can then break for their newspaper's benefit or for their television networks or radio station's benefit or whatever the case might be. They get scoops. They get inside information that nobody else could get. That's what a reporter does. And when a reporter has the title of reporter after their name, particularly, again, if they work for one of the you know mainstream news agencies, they're generally regarded as heroes. You know, I mean, do, do, we, do we really need to go back to Watergate? Think about that. Woodward and Bernstein were, were, were heroes. They uncovered, they got to the bottom of something through cultivating sources that nobody else could. Okay. You know, they had a, they had a whistleblower. They had deep throat. So is taking information from whistleblowers in the digital age in 2019, or actually this, of course, goes back for about a decade now, in this digital age, does it make it different that he released his information online instead of publishing it in the front page of the New York Times? Is he Would he, would he, would he be a journalistic hero if it were 20 years ago? Or would he still be a technological information terrorist? Former Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson said this morning he's not a hero and said it was a complex question as to whether his role publishing classified documents on the Iraq war counted as legitimate journalistic activity. Quote, he apparently aided and assisted in the leak of classified information, said Jay Johnson. At some point, there may be a debate as to whether he was a journalist and that he was a legitimate journalist, but I do not regard him as a hero. 
And I'll tell you, I think the opinions are going to vary on this. I really do. And I want to get you. Dial me up at 216-901-0945. What is your reaction to the Julian Assange arrest? They gave him up in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy. British police took him into custody in London. And now there is legitimate belief that he could be extradited to the the United States to face charges. And remember, he did release. You know, here's what's really interesting about him. I don't think you can paint him as some sort of conservative warrior or some sort of liberal activist. He has kind of done the balls and strikes thing, hasn't he? Assange has released information through WikiLeaks that has been damaging to Democrats, but also damaging to Republicans or conservatives. The greater concern, of course, is whether or not some of the stuff that he has released and published Damage the United States as a, as a nation. But he has not been, I don't think, decidedly right or left on the ideological scale. He has just been a guy that when I get information from whistleblowers, I'm running it and I'm putting it on our webpage. I'm putting it on WikiLeaks. I'm sending it out there. People can do what they want with it. If it's classified, that's not my business. If it's classified or if it's uh, uh, technically top secret even, That's not my business. It was given to me, and I'm making the people aware of it. This is what's going on. That's what whistleblowers do. And sometimes conservatives are happy there are whistleblowers because we're finding out some things we didn't know, such as what Donna Brazil and CNN did to try to tilt the, the, uh, uh, the debate in favor and thus the election in favor of their favorite Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Sometimes we like that. Other times we don't like what whistleblowers bring up because it, certainly hurts Republicans or conservatives. Julian Assange has, I think, for the better uh, part of his public career in doing this since he founded WikiLeaks, I think he has been a balls and strikes guy. I don't care who you are. If I got information on you, I'm going to bring, bring it to the American people's or the world population's attention, and they can do whatever they want with it. I don't think he has been in the pocket of one party or another, and I don't think he is partisan to one ideology or another. How do you feel about this, and how do you feel about him? Should he come here and face charges and be locked up, or should he become here, come here to the United States and be left alone? Because he's no different than a Washington Post reporter who got some inside scoops from a whistleblower. He just didn't put it in the pages of the paper. He put it online, and suddenly that's the wrong place to be. I want to know how you feel. 216-901-0945, Get in now. We'll get you up and on the radio on the Bob France Authority, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 926 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Short segment here, and that's okay. just want to give the, use this to uh, update you on where we are. With the other big story of the day coming from D.C. yesterday, Attorney General William Barr made some news, dropped a couple of bombshells in uh, Senate uh, testimony yesterday. He declared that he truly does believe that the Trump campaign back in 2016 was being spied on by federal agents. And what does that mean going forward? Here's a report from Fox. William Barr raised some eyebrows when he told New Hampshire Democrat Senator Gene Shaheen about the possibility of government spying on the Trump 2016 campaign. You're not suggesting, though, that spying occurred. I don't. Uh, well, uh, I guess you could. I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. Democrat House Judiciary Chairman Gerald Nadler of New York 
blasted Barr, saying he's using what he calls a Republican conspiracy theory as a distraction. This is an attempt to take the attention off that very serious, uh, these very serious crimes and this very serious investigation that go to the heart of the functioning of law in this republic. Kind of interesting uh, to hear Jerry Nadler say the very serious crimes. is what, what crimes are you speaking of? The Mueller report has been released. It has been finished and released, um, uh, turned into the DOJ. And Bob Mueller made very clear there are no new indictments coming. If there's no indictment, how can you say there's crime? The special counsel who indicted and put some other people in jail for things not related to Russian collusion or the Trump campaign, those people got indicted and convicted and are going to jail. That is what crime is. He said there are no more indictments coming, indicating there is no crime. Jerry Nadler doing what Democrats do, lying to you, lying to me. Bill Barr is simply pointing out that, A, there was surveillance done. This is the problem here. It's a semantics game. The Democrats don't want to be caught uh, with, with the word spying attached to them. The Democrats in uh, public office under Democrat President Barack Obama, Democrat Attorney General Loretta Lynch, democratically appointed um, FBI uh, Director James Comey, democratically appointed FBI Director, uh, Assistant Director, rather, Andrew McCabe, down the line, along with all of the liberal Democrat chiefs in the FBI, including Strzok and Attorney Page and the others. They don't want to be called spies. They don't want to be busted spying on a political campaign. They were surveilled. The Trump campaign was surveilled. Phone calls were monitored. Electronic communications were intercepted and read. Why? Because they got a FISA court say you can. Because of a phony dossier filled with inaccuracies bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton and her campaign. So they cannot deny that surveillance was done. They just don't like the word spying. I just want to make it clear, looking, thinking back on all the different colloquies here, that I am not saying that improper surveillance occurred. I'm saying that I am concerned about it and looking into it. That's all. And that is exactly what a responsible attorney general would do. He made it clear yesterday. He said, look, spying, I believe, occurred. But that doesn't mean it occurred improperly. Maybe there was a proper reason to spy slash surveil the Trump campaign. Maybe. But that has not been proven or verified at this point in time. So I want to assemble a team to investigate that. I want to investigate the investigators. I want to find out why the FBI greenlit the spying on the Trump camp. I'm sorry, the surveillance, since you guys are so sensitive to the word spying. The surveillance of the Trump campaign, the surveillance and the physical monitoring of Carter Page. Bill Barr is doing the job that Jeff Sessions was supposed to do. And the Democrats are livid. How dare a Department of Justice official, the man in charge of the Department of Justice, seek justice. It's 9.30. We'll be back after the news on AM 1420, The Empire. To love the God, to fear the flame, and to burn the crowd. 
9.35 on a Thursday morning. The Bob France Authority continues. Wow. Huge, huge, huge news in the state of Ohio yesterday. We'll come back to Julian Assange. We'll come back to William Barr spying on the Trump campaign in a second. But I have to take just a second to thank every single believer in life, every supporter of life in the state of Ohio that has spent years pushing, writing, calling, lobbying, everything they could do to the Ohio House of Representatives and the Ohio... Because we did it. We absolutely did it. We did it once. We did it once. We affirmed life. We approved life. We said life matters. It must be protected. We did it once. A year ago. Only to have life rejected by Republican Governor John Kasich. We got it done. And then he jammed it back in our faces and said, no, not signing it. So what did we do? We elected Mike DeWine, who said, I'll join you in affirming life. I'll support you in affirming life. And we said, okay, we're going to trust you. We're going to go back at it again. And we went back to our legislators. We went back to the Ohio General Assembly, and we said, let's do this again. Let's reaffirm our belief that life matters, that life should be protected, life should be preserved. That's what we said. And our legislators said, all right, we'll have another run at it. Let's make this happen. And they did it. This week, for the second time, the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate have approved the Ohio Heartbeat Bill. And now it heads to the desk of Governor Mike DeWine, who said, I will sign it. That could happen as early as today. The pro-death crowd, the Democrat Party, the party of death, it's why we call them pods, non-thinking or group-thinking pro-abortionists are livid. We'll see if Hollywood descends on Ohio the way they did on Georgia, which is passing and signing its own heartbeat bill, threatening to not shoot any more movies and bring millions of dollars in economic growth to the state of Georgia. Georgia said, too bad. We value life more than we value your film industry dollars. Let's see if they bring it to the state of Ohio. But for now, my friends, we did it. Life wins. The heartbeat bill is law. It's not perfect. Well, it's going to be law. Let me rephrase. The heartbeat bill has passed the legislature. It will be law as soon as Mike DeWine puts his signature on it. Now, mind you, it's not perfect. Most of us, many of us, believe life begins at conception, the moment of conception. That's where the spark happens. But for now... We will take what we can get. And once a fetal heartbeat is detected, and it can be proven, look at that. There's a second life now in the story. This is not just one woman and her doctor. Now there are two patients 
and the second has just as many rights to life as the first. No human being alive has two hearts. No human being alive has two hearts. And if I'm wrong about that and there's some strange medical anomaly that you're aware of where somebody is living right now with two hearts, then tell me about it and I'll apologize. To my knowledge, no human being alive has two hearts. So when a physician is doing a medical exam and detects two heartbeats, we now know what that means. There is a second life involved. There is a second physical being growing, developing, and yes, entitled to the same protections as the other life, the first life. So the state of Ohio, I cannot tell you how proud I am of the work that has been done here. This has been going on for so long, fighting back against the ghouls at Planned Parenthood, fighting back against the ghouls who believe that abortion should supersede the right to an abortion, should supersede a baby's right to exist. They're going to file their lawsuits. They're going to throw their temper tantrums. They're going to threaten the polls. They're going to threaten the elected elected officials and so on and so forth. Let them stomp their feet. For now, at least for now, and it will be it will be of course uh, confirmed when Mayor or excuse me Governor Mike DeWine puts his signature on it. Then we will be able to say clearly that life won in the state of Ohio. And at that, my Dig it. I can. Christian and Menor, you're on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good morning, Christian. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Uh, good morning, Bob. Uh, so, good morning. Again, um, within twenty four hours of good news coming Donald Trump's way with Attorney General Barr, Julie, a story comes out. Julian Assange. This is to supersede and to take over the headlines of the day. Okay. And I believe this is all a conspiracy by the by the leftists out there, and it's an international one too. Uh, now that we can see that this is Assange is being pulled out from a foreign country, and the Brits are involved. And how are they involved? Christopher Steele, the dossier. He was anti-Brexit. Okay, Trump was pro-Brexit. Uh, it all ties in now. And you've got leaders in this country, uh, Chuck Schumer, they're trying to cover their butts because they do not want the uh, story. They don't want yesterday's story being out there. They don't want people knowing about it. They don't want the investigation going forward. They're trying to squash it. And I think things are going to start turning. And hopefully... Americans are going to wake up and see this because I do think there's a grand conspiracy that is taking place right in front of our eyes. But every time, if you've noticed now, and I don't know who's all involved, but within 24 hours, another story comes out that's to supersede and take the other story off the headlines. Am I right? Uh, no, I don't think you are, Christian, um, because, and here's why, I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong in terms of, you know, oftentimes the American press will grab one story in order to bump another story that they don't want to be told off the pages, uh, front pages and off the headlines, as you say, in service to their Democrat masters. You're right about that. But in this particular case, I, I think there's some 
some circumstance. There was some happenstance, to be quite honest with you. We, as I read in the uh, uh, report to start the show, it was well over a week ago, long before Bill Barr spoke yesterday, over a week ago, that um, sources in Ecuador reported to the media that Ecuador was about ready to give up Julian Assange to the Brits. Remember, the Ecuadorians had been holding him, or not holding him, allowing him to stay um, with a diplomatic asylum in the Ecuadorian uh, uh, embassy in London for the last, um, what, seven years. And literally just about a week ago, they said that Ecuador is about to turn them over. Okay, uh, turn him over, rather. Um, the Ecuadorians denied that. And it seems that those reports, again, well over a week ago were true. Ecuador was about to give up Julian Assange and cast him out of their their uh, their embassy and into the hands of the London police. Um, that was a week ago. Bill Barr just spoke yesterday. And then the arrest happened this morning. I don't think that the conspiracy you're speaking of is large enough that it would include Ecuadorian embassy officials opening the doors today, the day after Bill Barr spoke to the London police when this was clearly in the works now for a while to the point where it was reported. WikiLeaks themselves, Julian Assange's organization, said sources within the Ecuadorian government told them that he was due to be expelled from the embassy within hours to days as, uh, as uh, far back as a week ago. Ecuadorian officials denied that. But then today, this morning, the Ecuadorian officials did open the doors as predicted uh, to the police. So I don't think that, you know, I, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm not a big conspiracy guy. That's not to say that there aren't some conspiracies. Clearly, they have been proven. <laughs> the dossier uh, that was gathered, as you point out, by Christopher Steele and assembled as he was paid by Hillary Clinton's campaign to put together this phony dossier filled with inaccuracies and, and, and falsehoods to make Donald Trump look terrible, given then to the FISA court. FISA court then gives the uh, federal government under Barack Obama and Loretta Lynch the right to spy on a presidential campaign in order to hurt it so that Barack Obama's own legacy could be protected by Hillary Clinton succeeding him into the Oval Office. There are some conspiracies that are right. <laughs> you could follow every step of the way, and you know what every person's motive is in it once you know all of the cards are on the table. We know what uh, what Lynch's and Obama's motives were. We know what uh, Comey's motives were. We know what McCabe and Strzok and Page and the others in the FBI who participated in this, what their motives were. We know what Christopher Steele's motives were. We know how he felt about Trump. All the cards were on the table there, and that was a conspiracy that is real. Until somebody tells me that the Ecuadorians had some sort of a uh, a motive in mind here to open the doors to the embassy the day after Bill Barr over in the United States gave a statement that he thinks tr spying occurred. Um, give me that from the Ecuadorians, and then maybe I'll say, okay, you're right, there was a massive conspiracy here. Otherwise, the press is doing what the press should be doing today. Half of them are covering the Assange arrest, which is obviously breaking, and half of them are covering what Bill Barr said yesterday. So I don't buy the full-on conspiracy there that uh, this is why this was done today to bump Barr from the headlines. I really don't. Tony in South Euclid, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, Tony, go ahead. 
Yes, Tony from South Euclid. How you doing, Mr. France? Good, Tony. What's on your mind? Yeah, I, I spoke to you before, and we got kind of in a heated conversation, which I don't want to happen this time, regarding this abortion thing. Okay. Now, I just have a, I just have a question for you. Sure. Okay? But I, I would really ask you politely not to be evasive in this answer. And you can gather as much information that you like. Okay, just give, just give me the question, Tony. You're dragging this out, my man. You did this the last time we talked. I do remember the conversation. You just get to the point. Right. What's well, your question? I have to explain this. And I tried to get you, and I remember, I, hold on, I remember the right. last time we talked, I asked you a direct question like 16 times that you evaded and would not answer, which is why the phone call ended the way that it did. So uh, don't play games with me here, Tony. Make your point, and then I'll make mine. Go ahead. Well, no, yeah, there's no games. Okay, so the, the people that are voting that, don't, that are, are pro-choice, okay? I would really like to have your answer of why I don't believe these people are pure heartless people. I think there's other reasons, which I could explain, which I know you won't give me enough time to explain, but there's other reasons why they, are, they really believe in pro-choice versus pro-life. And there are. There's, there's legal reasons. There's reasons we don't want to tie up in the courtrooms. Between a five We're two minutes into the phone call, and you still haven't asked the question. Well, I'm asking you if you can answer that. You haven't asked it. Down, I, what, what's your question? The question is, I wanted, want you to really believe what, they're, what do you think these people's true reasons are that they believe in pro-choice and why somebody, I don't believe that these people are pure, heartless people. There is a true reason why they are voting pro-choice, and I'd like you to tell me if if you have an well, answer well, for that. Well, listen, a, a reason why somebody chooses to murder a baby is it, it, it may be different for every person, okay? Laziness could be part of it. Literally, laziness, okay? There are pills to prevent pregnancy. There's a pill for that. And I know I'm not going to get into, I don't want to hear from my friends on the Christian uh, right telling me, well, we don't believe in contraception either. I don't want to hear that. Preventing pregnancy is different than ending pregnancy. Okay? There are pills for that. There are other uh, prophylactic devices that can be used to stop that. And sometimes these people are too lazy and they choose to use abortion as a means of birth control rather than preventing birth, uh, uh, preventing pregnancy. Yeah. That's all right. I'll just go end the pregnancy. Sometimes it's laziness. Uh, sometimes it's it's just quite frankly, you know, feminists using their feminist platform. Oh, nobody's going to tell me what to do with my body. And our response correctly is we're not telling you to do what to what to do with your body. We're telling you not to rip apart the other body that's inside of you that has as many rights as you do. Look, everybody who, who is pro-choice, as you call it, and I will call it what it is, pro-death, pro-abortion. If you are pro-choice, that means you are okay with killing living human beings. So couch that as pro-choice all you want. But the bottom line is if you are pro-abortion, pro-legal abortion, thus pro-death of innocent babies, you are heartless. Tony, you might not want to accept that, But you are. Anybody who could go and see the movie Unplanned and walk out of there not believing 
that the abortion industry is a for-profit murder industry is just lying to themselves. And if you are lying to yourself and you think this is okay, what I see portrayed, which is exactly what happens inside every one of those clinics, you are heartless. You don't want to, you don't have to admit it if you don't want to, but you are heartless. I would submit to you that anybody who watched a puppy being ripped limb from limb and wouldn't cry and wouldn't be devastated about the horrific abuse of life, the torturous abuse of life, I would submit to you anybody who could see that and not be moved on it, uh, not be moved by it, would be heartless. Anybody who could see a cat, a newborn kitten, tortured and killed in horrific ways, I would submit to you that you're heartless. Now magnify that times an infinite amount for a child, a human child. Anybody who thinks it's okay to tear a human being apart limb by limb, to deliver a human being from the safety of its mother's womb only to have a pair of scissors plunged in the back of its neck and its brains sucked out by a vacuum, I would tell you very directly, Tony, anybody who thinks that's okay is indeed heartless. Thank you for the phone call. Back after this on AM 1420. All right, this is one of those moments I have to ask our board operator slash producer if this is intentional or just a really cool coincidence. Why'd you pick this song, Andrew? Okay. I like it. Well done. Very well done. If you don't catch it, if you don't understand the movie or the uh, song Staying Alive with our last segment, uh, think a little deeper. It'll come to you. Uh, Marcy is screening our phone calls today. Tony called back and said that's not a good answer. He wants to talk about it more later. Tony, you want to talk about about it more later, you're going to have to get your own show. Because to be quite honest with you, there's nothing else I can say to you. You're looking for somebody to affirm your belief that it's okay to murder babies. You're looking for somebody to say, yeah, there are good reasons to be pro-choice, as you call it. There are good reasons to kill babies for the convenience of it all, for the trauma of it all, for the heartache of it all, for the I'm too poor to afford to raise a child of it all, you're looking for somebody to say to you, it's okay to be pro-baby murder. You're never going to get that from me. As a man sitting here today, only because my birth mother, who back in 1967 got medical approval, this is pre-Roe v. Wade, my teenage birth mother got medical approval to have an abortion and chose not to and instead carried me to term and delivered me and put me up for adoption, allowing me to be chosen by my parents who raised me, for better or worse, into what I am today. I say that not in any self-congratulatory way or self-promotional way. Better or worse, I have my strengths and I have my weaknesses. I have my positive traits, I have my flaws. 
But for whatever it is, I have them. Like them or not, I have them. I exist. Because there are other other options. There is no justification or excuse to be pro-murder. And that's what these Planned Parenthood supporters, Democrat supporters, pro-choicers, pro-abortionists, pods, party of death, that's what you're looking for. Somebody to affirm that it's okay to kill the baby if there are enough circumstances they are going to make things difficult for the mother or the father. There are never... There is never going to be a justification for that. Never. There just isn't. Ask Abby Johnson. She went through it twice. She had two abortions of her own, which are now the most profound regrets in her entire life because there were other options. Then she participated when running that clinic in 22,000 other abortions running Planned Parenthood, the most profound regrets of her life. There are other options. Tony and other pods, you're going to have to find another source if you're looking for the blessings of other people to kill babies. We're not going to bless that. We're not going to give you the, it's okay. We're going to tell you it's wrong. We're going to tell you that if you've already done it, you can be forgiven. You're Repentance is up to you. God forgives. He just asks that you not do it again. Do not support it happening elsewhere. This show would not be on the air right now if abortion happened. This show would not exist. You would never have heard of me. And any entertainment you might get from me, any education you might get from me, any information you might get from me, none of that would exist if my mother had chosen to abort me. But instead, she gave me life. She could not raise me. She gave me up for adoption. And the rest is my history. Look elsewhere, Tony. I suggest you look elsewhere. Try in your heart. Dr. Everett Piper joins us after the news on AM 1420 The Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.